The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek Narrated by Kurt Bonham Chapter 36 Duma's Flaming Sword I'm sitting in a secrets archive in a secret society below the streets of New York City, and I stare at Detective Rizzo seated at a table stacked with books. You and Wakambi are okay asking me to go to the other secret society, the dragons and nymphs full of vampires, and ask for their help? That familiar hopeless gnaw in my gut when I'm exhausted, but know the Wendigo will attack me in my sleep. Rizos's face oozes, calm down, but he says nothing. I hold up Wakambi's sword. Wakambi gave me this sword. It might have looked good stuck in an urn, but I'd rather not find out how vampires will like to see it stuck in me. An odd thrum pulses in a vein in my neck, and I rub at the spot. Rizos points to an empty chair. Sit down. Calm down and listen. We know that entry to the Dragons and Nymphs headquarters requires an invitation or AB-positive blood type. Wakambi got you the invitation to exchange his collection of books for the vellum. But once you get in, there's no guarantee you'll get out, because yes, some members of the Dragons and Nymphs are vampires and werewolves and other supernatural beings. I kicked the table leg. I knew it. Like Dracula? Like throat-tearing werewolves? I search his face for confirmation. Yes, Dracula was a sanguine vampire. A fictionalized version of Vlad III Dracula, a.k.a. Vlad the Impaler. And werewolves and other supernatural beings are real and could be there. You and Wakambi want me to stroll up to their front door, knock, and be welcomed as a friend? Or their evening snack? I'm making a joke, but my stomach hardens, and the thrum in my neck persists with the thought of an encounter with vampires and werewolves. Let's not worry about vampires, and let's focus on getting the vellum. Rizos's tone carries a wave of sarcasm. There's no getting out of going to the Dragons and Nymphs headquarters now. He stands, steps over to a wardrobe closet, opens the doors but that doesn't mean you go empty-handed. Or with that silly sword Wakambi gave you. He pulls out a black backpack. I'll give you all the standard apotropaic items you'll need. He opens the pack. Two stakes. Crucifixes made of ash, aspen, hawthorn, hickory, and oak. Two sets of rosary beads. Two spray guns of holy water. Two silver mirrors. Two ultraviolet flashlights. Dirt from consecrated ground. Two mini flamethrowers full of holy fire. Two exploding holy firebombs. And one lemon. He hands me the backpack. What, no garlic? And what's with the lemon? Garlic just annoys vampires. The lemon, you shove into a vampire's mouth, it'll work better than garlic. I pull the backpack zipper shut. Is there anything else that can help? I'm glad you asked. He turns back to the closet, pulls out two brown bottles and gives them to me. Exploding verbena officinalis oil. 
I slosh the liquid in the bottle and watch it swirl. What's this for? The essential oil is neurotoxic and convulsive to vampires, and the worst effect to a human is that at high doses it induces vomiting and or accelerates childbirth. He looks down at my belly for a brief second. And then there's these. He holds up a handful of small darts. Powerful tranquilizer darts infused with vervain. But that's not all. He pulls a sword from the closet. Check out this weapon. An air of reverence coats his expression, and he presents the weapon, then cautiously extends the sword to me. I take the sword, and a rush of adrenaline fills me. This sword is called Flama Lamia Angelus Lapsus Mortem, Rizzo says. I pull the weapon from its scabbard and swing the sword in an arc over my head. In English, it means Duma's Flaming Sword, Rizzo says. It's heavy and not a great fighting weapon. But then, a tingle ripples, flows into my hand. Otherworldly amber-red flames blast and surround the blade. The hilt vibrates in my hand. A spiritual awareness of peace, love, and calm fills me. Who the heck is Duma? Duma is the angel who has authority over the wicked dead. This weapon is able to harm vampires, fallen angels, and, I speculate, other immortal beings. You're saying I can use this sword against vampires, werewolves, and Sinti? Sinti's neither vampire nor fallen angel, but he's immortal, so maybe it will work. Rizos runs his fingers over some of the sword's engravings. These runes grant its wielder protection against those stuck between life and death. As an added measure, this sword is also infused with a silver-inlaid vampiric curse. Okay, I have a better appreciation for this sword. You shall meet Alabaster Graves for the exchange, but watch your back. Alabaster Graves is bad news, even on a good day, Rizzo says. Alabaster is a funny-sounding name that doesn't strike me as scary. Alabaster may seem a funny name, but it's derived from an Egyptian term, Al-Bast, which refers to the Egyptian god Bast. Graves is from Egypt? Yes, and he followed Sekhmet, an ancient Egyptian cat goddess and a vampire similar to Ambrosio. A vampire who welcomed Graves into the Dragons and Nymphs Society centuries ago. So don't get on Graves' bad side. I grab my head. My brain burns with ever more information crammed into my skull. Does Graves have a good side? His stare cuts through me faster than my upward thrust. No, he does not. He would sell his own mother's soul to the devil for five bucks and yours for free. I pull the scabbard strap over my shoulder and reposition the backpack over the scabbard. Do the vampires and Baba Yaga have bad blood between them? Rizzo's crosses his arms. My best guess is Sinti uses the vampires for his own agenda, just as the vampires use him for theirs. And what if I have to fight the vampires? I grip the backpack strap tighter. He points at my sword. 
You have the means to fight. Anyone ever tell you how uninspiring your pep talks are? Only the ones who live. He rests his hands on my shoulders. You'll be fine. Fate placed you on this precarious path. May it lead you to your success and our salvation. Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 37 Dragons and Nymphs HQ